morning has turned to afternoon. Good afternoon, everyone. But the grind carries on. Not just the grind physically, but the grind mentally. The Midday Grind, featuring a couple of TV jockeys who've also been through the radio wars. Martin Kilcoin. I was a little lit, so I was saying whatever I wanted. And Charlie Marlowe. Our top story tonight, John Jay will be back tomorrow. Here's him getting a hit in 2012. It's the Midday Grind on 590 The Fan and 590TheFan.com. Welcome in to the Midday Grind, 590 The Fan, 590TheFan.com. Totally new show. It kind of is this time because Matt Rocchio has now replaced the Peoria Plowboy on the board, Charlie Marlowe, Brian Hoffman, and Jim Hewer, the voice of St. Louis FC. And we're going to talk some St. Louis FC, some soccer right here with Austin Martz of St. Louis FC, coming back for his second year with the team after their first playoff appearance. Austin, how you doing? I'm doing well, guys. Thanks for having me on the show. It's great to have you here. Uh, first off, what's the off season been like for you? It's been good. Um, it's been a little uh, more tame than usual, just back home in Westchester, which is where my wife's family is from. Um, so we've just been taking care of the house back there, just doing off season training, and um, I also got offered the opportunity to spend one week painting a 300-yard-long wall at a university to earn a little extra income. So that was uh, that was as dry as it gets, but it was a good experience. Now, painting meaning artistically or just slapping on white-gray paint? Slapping on Westchester white paint onto an old-school hallway, cutting in, doing all of that, moving the ladder three inches at a time, getting back up. Roller paintbrush? I've done a lot both. of painting in my both. life. So, so get... for the cutting in, you got to use a brush, and that oh. takes a while, okay. and then a roller to do the rest. So, yeah. Tell me you've got a better highlight than that for your off-season. That's about as good as the off-season gets at times. So, yeah, that's about it. <laughs> do, most of the, do most of the guys, are they, are they working in the off-season in some way, shape, or form? I would say in some capacity. Some guys are always looking to just earn a little bit, whether it's um, out of need or just out of habit to need to do something. A lot of us get restless in the offseason, so we'll find ways to coach, um, whether it's personal or helping out with a team back home. But for the most part, we try to stay busy. I guess one highlight would be that uh, my wife and I had our one-year anniversary and took a trip up oh. to New York to see the Rockettes. So that was pretty exciting. Oh, congratulations. Thanks. One year down. Yeah. Many more to go, right? Many more to go. That's right. Awesome. Uh, your injury go for the folks who are new and not really familiar with your story from last year, kind of go through that and, and go through the process and where you're at with it right now. Sure. Yeah. Last year was, um, a tough season for me because it was the first time that I had ever been injured seriously in my career. Um, I played five games and was feeling really good through all five. Um, and after a 90 minute pretty good showing against LA. I went into a training the next day and just felt something catch in my hip and it didn't feel like it had before. I had had tightness and whatnot before, but this was different. This was a little bit worse. And so I found out that I um, had torn my labrum in my hip and needed to get surgery. So 
they shave the bone down and they anchor the labrum and it's a grueling process uh, and it takes at least three walks or three weeks sorry to be on crutches um, before you can even start thinking about walking but um, it was anticipated to be about a five or six month recovery and I was able to be playing against Tulsa at home three and a half months post-surgery so I was really thrilled with that uh, and then now I'm pain-free I'm I've been training hard all off season. I've actually managed to get stronger and faster, I think, just based on testing that I did with my trainer and and so I don't see there being any setbacks in my hip. So Austin, tell us a little bit about your backstory. You're twenty six. You're telling us before the segment started, you're from Mechanicsburg, Pennsylvania, so near Hershey, and I'm wondering, because we're here in St. Louis, you have A B, you have the brewery tour. I'm guessing there has to be a Hershey tour as well. Is there the factory to get the free samples? What's that like? There is, yeah. So I grew up going to Chocolate World, whether it was, you know, school field trips or just hanging out with my friends. But Hershey Park was always something that we enjoyed doing. Um, I'm a huge roller coaster guy, so we loved going there. And, yeah, Chocolate World is a free experience if you're ever in Hershey, Pennsylvania, which we won't be near there anymore considering that Penn is not in the championship this year. Um <laughs> But that being said, it is it is worth a day trip there. It is free. Um, they take you through the whole process about how they've made, you know, the Hershey Kiss their whole life. And it smells extremely chocolatey <laughs> while you're in there. Um, they also let you pass through an oven, which is like, you know, over 500 degrees. So you, you literally start sweating and you're only going through it for like three seconds. Whoa. Um, but that's part of the experience. Some kids don't like that so much. <laughs> uh, but they still have it nonetheless, yeah. Now, you probably heard the the comments that the, uh, Chris Bryant made about St. Louis being a boring town. You've been here for a year. St. Louis a boring town, yes or no? I would say definitely not. And let me tell you why. I grew up in a small town, Mechanicsburg, Pennsylvania, with about 10,000 people. If you go to high school there, you usually return there and start your family there. The sign... On the boroughs, when you when you come into Mechanicsburg, says Mechanicsburg, a good place to live. <laughs> and that's it, since 1876. So every time I pass that sign, I sit there, and I, and I used to debate this with my mentor back home, but who in their right mind was sitting at the table that day and said, that's it. That's the best thing that we could put on this sign. And then they all agreed. And so that that's just a little taste of Mechanicsburg for you, but... We have a Sheets, we have a coffee shop, um, and then, you know, we have a 25-minute drive to Hershey Park, and that's about it. That is hilarious, though, because there probably was a couple of people sitting at the table, and should we say a great place to live? And they're like, uh, is it great? How about how about good? And it's, that is kind of a, yeah, you're right about a that. lower bar, but I appreciate it. So so with St. Louis, you've been here. What's, what's your favorite part about being here now? Well, I'm a huge foodie, and I kind of drag my wife around when it comes to that. She's not so much as adamant about exploring the restaurant scene as I am. Um, but I think there's just there's something to do for every age group, every demographic here. There's jazz music. There's blues. There's bluegrass. There's um, restaurants that win James Beard Awards, and then there's restaurants like Pappy's and Sugar Fire and High Point Drive-In. Um, that those are the first places that you want to take your family when they get there because we just don't have barbecue like that in the Northeast um, or burgers for that matter. And so 
I like the food scene a lot. I um I always you know dive into Ian Frobe's top 100 list for St. Louis Post Dispatch, and um, I'm a big wine guy too. So we live in Shaw now, right by Sasha's Wine Bar, which is a really neat uh-huh. spot. Yeah, um, could become a routine post Saturday night game because <laughs> their happy hour is 9 p.m. Just saying. <laughs> um, but yeah, I I really like the culture here. I mean, I've still got a hundred things on my list that I haven't done, and. We're definitely not bored in the slightest. Take that, Chris Bryant. Absolutely. We're talking with Austin March from St. Louis FC. So tell us about college. You go to Georgetown. Why Georgetown? And what's the soccer scene like there? Everybody knows kind of going back, especially in the 80s and 90s, a a big basketball school. You're also right there in Washington, D.C. with all the politics. What was that experience like going to Georgetown and playing soccer there? Yeah, Georgetown was awesome, and um, I don't think I'll ever have the money to return there, but if I did, I certainly would. Um, I remember uh, my junior year there, I lived on the corner of N and 35th Street, which was right across the street from the church that John F. Kennedy went to and that Joe Biden regularly attended when he was um, in office as vice president. And so Oftentimes, our street would shut down. I was also just three blocks away from Senator John Kerry's house. Um, So those are the experiences that you get in Georgetown that you don't get anywhere else. I also live next door to the CEO of Under Armour. Um, Eleven guys in one house paying $11.50 a month each to live in, you know, a a crummy apartment that's falling apart. Right (laughs) next to you is the CEO of Under Armour. Um, That's just kind of what you get there. And so uh, the actual soccer part of it was was great because um, they were an average team, I'd say, when I got recruited, but they were just starting to come onto the scene as being um, either on the bubble or kind of encroaching that NCAA tournament line. And sure enough, we missed out by two spots my freshman year, but the group that were juniors that year, Tommy Muller, Ian Christensen, Jimmy Nealis, Andy Reamer, all these guys ended up getting drafted. And so their senior year, my sophomore year, they kind of took the group and said, like, how serious do we want to be at Georgetown about soccer? How many pros do we want to have playing in the future? And so forth. And we ended up making the national championship that year um, against Indiana. And don't ask Tomas about that, but we can keep that off record <laughs> sometime. But, yeah, I did go to school with Tomas all four years, and he was fantastic then, and he's still a fantastic goalie now. So it's nice to have a familiar face on my team still. So you live next door to the CEO of Under Armour. I know he's a big Maryland guy. Were you guys a Nike school? Were you Under Armour? We were a big Nike school, and we always will be. JT3 obviously had a connection with Jordan, and Jordan's Nike all the way. And so we're a Jordan school, which means we're a Nike school. And whatever basketball gets, everyone else has to get. And that's just the way it works, <laughs> no matter how they're doing. So I'm, I'm hoping for their success in the future, um, and even this year. They've had some good games, but they, they're definitely not the powerhouse that they used to be in the 80s, and people are anxiously awaiting that to come back. So so if you're right next door, though, even though you guys are Nike school, you have to at least at one point, if you have 11 people, knock on the door, try to form a relationship, maybe get some free gear. You would think, but <laughs> uh, yeah. One, there's a lot of security around those parts, and two, that was just one of his houses. So who knows how often he was actually that was his eighth there. house. Yeah. <laughs> how about uh, the off-season program? Where are you guys at right now? Because you're getting close to hitting it full strike. Yeah. So I think this is the week that you start tapering back. You don't want to go into preseason sore, knowing that you're going to have two days, and mm-hmm. that's really when the big grind starts. 
because um, you can train all you want doing runs, ball work, you know, what have you, lifting, but you're never fully prepared for two days when you're just constantly cutting and pounding on the turf, um, which I guess is one exciting thing is that we got new surface down, so hopefully right. it's not as hard on our bodies. Um, it certainly feels a lot softer, so that'll be helpful. Um, but yeah, this is the week that you just kind of gauge, look, I've I've put in the effort for the last two and a half months. I'm not going to lose that in a few days. So you just really start to prepare for what's about to be a, a really hard two months before the first game. And a lot of new new faces. It's a it's a league that has a lot of turnover. Have you met some of the guys? Have you been able to work out with many of them? Yeah, pretty much all the guys are here now. Um, everyone's working out together. You know, at some point when you're in the league for so many seasons, you just recognize guys. You may not know them personally, um, but you recognize them from either games you've played against them or you've just heard their name being talked about in the league. Um, and so we're familiar with all these guys. We played against a lot of them last year. Um, but they all fit in really well so far. We've had great conversations with them. Um, and I think for any team to build on its previous success, you have to form um, seeds in the relationship with the guys before. So it, it doesn't just start with the passes on the first day of preseason. It starts with asking guys where they're from, how they got here, and actually developing a connection. So I think that's the goal right now. We're talking with Austin March from St. Louis FC. What do you think about the St. Louis area about a, a soccer market or hotbed. We're joking around about Chris Bryant calling St. Louis boring, which we all disagree with, but just the the history of soccer in St. Louis going back to St. Louis U and the World Cup and the great youth programs here. Hopefully, we're going to get MLS. Maybe that announcement comes this year, but just from living in different places and playing in different places in the United States, what do you think? Like, what did you hear of, of St. Louis as a soccer town? And then now that you've been here for a year, what do you think about just this area's passion for soccer? Well, you know, I, I'd like to comment first on, you know, hearing that it's boring. Maybe that's because most people are choosing to go watch teams that don't qualify for the playoffs. But There you go. Uh-huh. Um, if you're tuning in, <laughs> then you should come out to Soccer Bark because, you know, we did make playoffs last year, um, opposed to other teams in St. Louis, and I think that we're only going to continue on that success this year. So um, that's just my two cents. It doesn't mean that you have to follow what I say, but... Um, yeah, I, I knew that it was a pretty rich town in the history of soccer, but a lot of history that people don't necessarily know about. Um, but obviously, when I was at Georgetown, you talk about colleges that have had success before. And, you know, when we went into the national championship game for the first time, we knew Indiana was, you know, approaching their eighth national title. But we knew that St. Louis University, way back, had just won titles left and right like they were known for being a championship team and I think they still have a pretty strong program to this day and so you know there's a lot of buzz around that Um, and then obviously St. Louis um, when you look at and we don't pay attention to this a ton but when you look at the markets of the USL and they um, calculate and take the averages of the attendances in each market St. Louis is always near the top half of that list top fourth of that list um, and occasionally we even get close to you know seven or eight thousand on a really good day, which not many teams are seeing no. that kind of excitement. And for it to be in a town that's kind of outside of the city and to still get that many fans is really exciting for us. And I think it only shows the potential that St. Louis could um, have if if the stadium were more concentrated in a in a heavily populated area. Um, because people are still willing to make the sacrifice to get there now, 
and we know that that's only going to continue to grow if we prove that we can win games like we did last year. So I think we're expecting a bump in attendance this year. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I didn't know a whole lot about it, but I knew that there have been some really good players that have come through this city. Um, and if you just sit down one time with Bill McDermott for a coffee, you can easily find out everything <laughs> that's happened um, from who made what pass and what game. So there's no yeah. doubt about that. 100% sure. Uh, that's, I love working with Bill because if there's ever a doubt or a question about anything, you just ask him, what about this bill? And boom, he's got a story Yeah, that uh, brings it back. Playing in the East this year for the team. You've been here for one year, but the fans have been here for this, the fifth year it's been East. It's been West. It's been East. It's been West. And a lot of expansion, new, new groups coming in, in the East. Um, in theory, that should be advantageous to St. Louis, who has an established group, yes? Yeah, I think so. Um, I mean, we have 11 guys returning from last year, which is a really—that's um, high compared yeah. to a lot of teams. I mean, I think when I was in Orlando um, before signing with them, they had only kept four guys from their previous roster, and, and that's kind of the reality of the league sometimes. Um, and so I think for these newer teams, they're— trying to find a lot of guys that you know didn't get picked up um or or are out of contract and it's a lot of recycling and so they're gonna have to take time in preseason to build on tactics formations um playing styles based on the personnel that they have whereas we've already got an established core of 11 guys we don't have to spend as much time so that should allow us in theory to gain a competitive edge um before march 9th yeah so austin Still a young guy, 26. Uh, he did a podcast, right, at some point in the season. I'm wondering, when you look at years down the road, how long do you want to hopefully play professional soccer? What would you like to do afterwards, maybe? Yeah, I mean, I, I graduated with a marketing and management degree from Georgetown, so I'd like to get um, into the business side of it at some point. And I don't, I don't think I necessarily want to be in the business of s soccer or sport per se, but that's something I have a strong background in, so um, it could be as a fallback. But I really do like working with people. Um, you know, we we took these personality quizzes for our coach to understand us better, and it said that my strategy is um, is is people mastery. So whatever really? that means, yeah, whatever <laughs> that good. means, my personality type, I'm very extroverted, so uh, my personality type is people mastery, apparently. Um, but I do like human resources. I like managing human conflict. I like um, just talking about how to um, develop relationships better. So wherever that leads me, I'm not entirely sure. I mean, my body, as long as it can still hold up, I'm I'm going to keep playing. And um, that's just kind of how it, how it goes for most guys is as long as their bodies hold up, that's how long they'll play. But my wife and I obviously have goals for the future too, and so that plays a role and um, it's all just taking one season at a time, to be honest. Well, thanks Mar for joining us, yeah. man. Appreciate it. March 9th, first home match yep. at the soccer park, and a lot of running and training camp to get there before then, right? That's right, yeah. But hopefully we get uh, to the warm weather pretty soon down in Texas. So That's right. You start down in San Antonio, that'll be good. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks again for joining us. That's Austin Marks, midfielder for St. Louis FC, talking a little soccer here with the voice of St. Louis FC, Jim Heuer. Along with Charlie Marlowe, Brian Hoffman, Matt Rocchio here on the Midday Grind. We're going to take a break and be back Tuesdays with Kenny. Kenny Wallace will also defend our fair city yes. from the evil meanie Chris Bryant.
coming up next on the Midday Grind on 590 The Fan and 590thefan.com.